Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now it's time for the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show with Score Morning Show co-host Mully from the Mully and Haw Show, Bears long snapping Iron Man Patrick Manley, and Score Football expert and former NFL player Anthony Heron on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers online sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed. It's the start of the Bears season. Can you believe it? And the fine folks at Bet Rivers have brought us to you. We've got Patrick Manley. We've got Anthony Heron. They call me Mully, and it is going to be a different year, a whole new era. Hopefully, no priest. Pre-snap penalties, guys. Is that the goal for uh, for us today? Uh, well, let's make sure we don't have any for sure. But Anthony, I'm going <laughs> to welcome you to the show. Uh, it's good to have you this year, man. We got a little yeah. different vibe, a new a new face, a new voice. So excited to have you, and love listening to you on the score over all the years. I don't think you and I have hung out that much, but now we get to hang out a lot, and we get to break down these bears. And I'm looking forward to this season. That's right. I feel like my golf game just took a couple of steps forward already. Just being on the show with Patrick Manley, no doubt about that, man. Really excited for for what we're going to be able to do on this show throughout the season, and especially to to lead into. This is what I haven't gotten to participate in on the score. So I'm looking forward to this to help lead folks into each of these Bears games throughout the year. Give them the storyline. Certainly give them what to look forward to on the field, and just to kind of set the day mm-hmm. for Bears fans on a regular basis. It, it should be an interesting season, right? You got a, a new general manager here in Ryan Poles. He's turned over the roster like crazy. And obviously, Matt Eberflus at the tender age of 52, becoming a head coach for the first time, a guy that has waited a long time for the opportunity. He uh, he has uh, flipped over the acronyms like crazy. And uh, – <laughs> And we will have the hits principle, the the belief system that uh, that the coach has on display starting today. Yeah, and I, and I you know, you, you mentioned the hits principle, and I, I kind of like it. I think it's a good idea. It simplifies things for guys uh, in the meeting room, on the practice field, on the field. Anthony, you know as good as anybody, we're just football players. We're simple. We, we just want to be told what to do. And that's kind of something to me, that hits principle just kind of uh, makes it simple for those guys to understand what is expected of them every day in the building, on the practice field, and on the on the game field. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. And I, I you know, I kind of played in that 
way with with Lovey Smith. He kind of came in with that kind of philosophy of hustling to the ball and everybody just you know playing with their hair on fire or whatever they say, and and it just kind of simplified it for us. And, and we knew what our expectations were, and and I liked it, and I like I like it. It's just like I said, it simplifies it for the guys in that locker room. They know what to do. They know what's expected for them, and we'll see if it works. And I hope it does. And it's just it's a mainly a teaching technique, yeah. right? You you got learners who are who are different types of learners. You got learners who who are auditory learners where they learn best by hearing things. You got learners who are visual learners where they learn best by by seeing things implemented implemented. And you got learners who are kinesthetic learners who learn best by doing things and kind of experiencing it for themselves and that muscle memory ends up kicking in and sometimes something like an acronym can be a way that you just teach folks and get something ingrained into the brains of players and so you know slogans cats phrases acronyms these are fairly common things in football in the end what what is the expectation that you set what is the standard and and can you be the type of coach the type of leader who holds all your players accountable to that standard we've heard the phrase the standard is the standard a lot in Chicago in recent years with the previous regime. It didn't necessarily seem that players were being held accountable to that standard on a regular basis. And one of the first things that was said on this station about Matt Eberflus as, as different guests were being brought on was that he's a guy who his leadership style, it, it sets an expectation. He's really effective at being able to hold players accountable, to communicate with them about the accountability for those expectations, but also do so in a way that's still kind of kind of player friendly. And and that's a difficult line for a lot of coaches to walk. And that's something he was known for as a defensive coordinator, as an assistant, and now as a head coach. We'll, we'll see what it ends up meaning win-loss-wise on, on game days, obviously. But just as far as his leadership style, that's a part of what the hits principle is. It's saying, here's the expectation, and if that's not being met, I'm going to let you know that on a regular basis. And so at least what we saw through a few preseason games, it does seem like that there's a tick up in the the discipline, the accountability that players are expected. And Anthony, you mentioned the, the word standard, and I, I think the last two regimes, or at least the last three regimes, it kind of slipped. You know, that you come in as a coach, you come in as a uh, organization, into the organization, and you set the standard, but you have to, like you said, accountability. You have to hold them accountable all the time. And I just go back to my, my last year with Mark Tressman, which was his first year, and I talked about it on this radio show that, you know, he let the standards slip in practice. And it just, and then that's what happened the next year in 14. Everybody just didn't buy into what was going on. I think that happened with Nagy uh, the last couple years here as well. And if Iverplus can, can, can keep that standard there for the guys and keep that hits principle and all that stuff you put all over the walls, you're talking about the, you know, what, what you're teaching the guys of, of this is what we want to do. If he can keep that standard and not let people slip, then I think that's going to be a big thing for this group and especially for these young guys to teach them what the standard is. All right, so we've got a loaded show. We're going to go over everything that needs to be talked about. There's a lot going into not just the season, but obviously they have a game today, and that game is against a really good football team in the San Francisco 49ers, a team that believes so much that they are a championship roster that they're even turning over their quarterback which is a fascinating subject, and we'll get into yeah. it. We've got some good guests to talk about it, but I, I think um, we should talk quarterback from the Bears' perspective, right? So you look at the 19 holdovers on this roster from the 77 players that were inherited by Ryan Poles, and you could argue that the most important one is the most important position. They need to figure out what they have in Justin Fields 
by the time this season is over? I don't expect that answer to come by the time this game is over, but certainly with Luke Getze coming in here with a new offense, you imagine they're going to put this guy in a position for him to succeed, and then you wonder, well, have all the moves they made put him in a position to succeed? So, guys, Justin Fields, where does he rank in priorities for the year, and is he in a position to succeed? Oh, I think he's number one you know, by far. I think if you just look at the NFL, it's a quarterback-driven league, and the teams that have the great success, they have that you know, excellent quarterback. So let's just hope that Justin Fields, with this system under Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus' leadership, that he can grow into that elite quarterback. If he can do that, then everybody here in Chicago is going to be happy. We'll be in the playoffs every year, Super Bowl conversation, but this is all about him. This is all about his development and trying to get him to that level. And I'm excited to see what kind of jump he can make from Matt Nagy's offense, which did not fit him at all, to what we've seen in the preseason where he looked pretty darn good. He looks very comfortable. They get him out of the pocket. And, you know, I'm sure they're holding back on some other things that we're going to see maybe today and as the year goes on. But he's definitely number one, and I can't wait to see his growth, and I hope there is growth. And if there is, then I think here in Chicago we're going to be very excited for this Bears team in the future. And this is our this is our opportunity to see some tangible evidence play out on, on the field in a regular season game that matters more than anything we've seen from this squad throughout the offseason and the various storylines that were there, even the turning over of the roster and, and the preseason games. Now today will be an opportunity to see what is Justin Fields really – what is he truly capable of for his future, for the Chicago Bears' future with him as their quarterback – and a lot of the the way that a lot of his teammates have been discussing him is is endearing in some ways, but really encouraging in a lot of ways too. Because pretty early in the off season, you heard guys like Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney talking about the way that Justin Fields had already kind of figured out this Luke Getzey offense to the extent that he he was sort of directing traffic and leading off-season workouts and and getting guys lined up correctly pre-snap. That takes a level of commitment to the task that you want from your franchise quarterback. He's not out there looking like he's just kind of figuring things out with everybody else. Like a bunch of guys on the Bears offense were talking about how Justin Fields already had this thing down and was essentially teaching it to them. Like that that's a huge sign of the commitment he has to his craft and that his teammates recognize that and have fed off of that throughout the offseason. So I, I believe that's an, that's an excellent sign for what he can potentially build. And to the point you were making, Patrick, I mean, we, we've been so frustrated over the, the last few years here with just watching the, the square peg round hole approach to whether yep. it was Justin Fields' rookie year, whether it was the, the last couple of years with Mitchell Trubisky, and, you know, not, not that I, I don't believe any of us necessarily thought Trubisky had the, the potential to be like a, a great quarterback, but it, it was fairly obvious that the system hadn't been geared towards his strengths. Last season's system wasn't consistently geared towards the strengths of Justin Fields. And my, a, a big question I've had because of all the newness that's been around this organization is what's the infrastructure in place to develop a young quarterback. And I think that's some of the evidence we saw in the preseason as well, that the Luke Getze offensive system, when you got a defensive-minded head coach, this is going to be on the plate of the OC. How are you setting up this young, talented quarterback for success? And Luke Getze, during the preseason phase, at least seems to be a guy who recognizes how the offense needs to operate to take pressure 
off the young quarterback, to take pressure off an inexperienced offensive line and at least give them the opportunity, you know, to, to throw some things at the defense that will keep them off balance. This is the pregame presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download that Bet Rivers app today. I have it on my phone and it helps a ton and they always make it fun. I'm just curious, guys. Uh, you know, that's all theoretical, though, right? The idea that they're going to run a better offense, they're going to take care of the quarterback. There are times when you fear he will be under siege, and today <laughs> is one of those times, right? I mean, they've got one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, a guy that can attack you from anywhere. He, he's likely to come over uh, Larry Borum as much as uh, Braxton Jones. And I, and I mentioned Braxton Jones. This is a rookie a rookie fifth rounder. I, I want to say he was like the 168th player taken in the draft. You know, <laughs> it's great that they have a lot of rookies, but they have a lot of rookies that were selected in the bottom 100, 262 players selected in the draft. They only have three that were taken in the first 71 picks, whatever it was. And the rest of them to have 15 rookies, that spells sort of this weird thing that's going on where you got six undrafted free agents. We've seen undrafted free agents turn out to be Hall of Famers. It's, it's nothing wrong with how you get into the league. It's what you do when you get there. But they got three undrafted free agents that have been with them. And then when they cut their roster, they got three more in-house. That, to me, is really, really kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a rebuild. It is what it is. You know, uh, Ryan Poles didn't want to talk about it, but this is a complete rebuild. They're bringing in young guys to teach them their system, their hits philosophy, and kind of groom them to see if they can grow from there. And I, I don't have a problem with that. I think if you're trying to bring in some veterans and guys they've done in the past, it hasn't worked. I think as a new GM and a new head coach, this is the way to do it. You bring in young guys. You find out if some of these undrafted guys, some of these late-round picks, if they can turn out to be NFLers. Can they be pro bowlers? Can they turn into somebody that can help this team going forward? And then the other thing is you're helping the cap in the future. So you can bring in those veterans that are later on, or later on, you know, a couple of years down the road, maybe next year, that you can fill in and be, make them different makers. But I, I, I like what they're doing. Um, I think this year we all need to uh, temper our expectations a little bit of this Bears team just because of the roster and who is on there. So I think as we go through the season, there's going to be a lot of bumps, and I don't want to call them bruises because I don't want to get guys hurt, but there's going to be some bumps in the road uh, with this team. There might be some good quarters, some good halves. Um, there might be you know, some bad halves. But overall, I just want to see growth from this team throughout the year, and I don't expect a whole lot of wins this year, but I think this is something they can set up the team going forward with that youth movement. And part of my impression, Patrick, I'm curious for your thoughts, is that I think that what, what we anticipate, and who knows, there, there might be some studs who emerge, that we just, we just have no, not, not Adam Stadzinski, but some actual dudes on the field here <laughs> who have the potential to be big-time playmakers on this mm -hmm. offense. We just don't necessarily know who they are right now, but I'm going in with the expectation that, that there's a kind of a dearth of, of just like touchdown scorers on this Bears offense. Even as exceptional a receiver as I think Darnell Mooney is, we haven't seen him be this guy that can just make a touchdown out of nothing. Like there's some potential there, the speed, the quickness, the soft hands, the elusiveness. But we haven't seen him as this dude who just like, you know, just racks off highlight reel plays getting into the end zone on a consistent basis. So who are your true touchdown scores? So with that in mind, for the Bears offense, who knows? Maybe even to some extent the Bears defense, but I think certainly the Bears offense, it feels like you don't necessarily have elite level playmakers even available 
to Justin Fields. So in my opinion, that puts even more of an onus on the coaching staff. If the Bears are going to be not, not only like consistently competitive, is there, if there's potential to win kind of a representative amount of games, but just to be in the games on a consistent basis, the culture, the standard we were talking about earlier, just through sheer effort, then maybe that keeps you in games. But to have an opportunity to win these games and to sustain a competitive level throughout the season, it feels like maybe there's even more of an onus on the coaches, mm-hmm. on the schemes, on the management of games, because a lot of times what, what elite-level talent on a roster can do for you is in those critical moments. Or if there's a bad call, a coach can still end up looking smart just because his guy was better than the other guy. It doesn't necessarily seem like there's a lot of those dudes, especially on the Bears' offense here. So I think for what's going to be a first time out for a head coach, what's going to be a first time out for an offensive coordinator slash play caller in Luke Getze. And Allen Williams has called plays on defense before in the NFL. It'll be his first time, of course, doing it with this group. And then we've talked about the first time GM. There's a lot of newness here. And I think there's going to be uh, a, lot of, a lot of pressure and deservedly probably some scrutiny on just how they're running things. Because in the end, if they're going to be competitive with this roster, then it seems like the way they manage things week in and week out is going to have to be a big key in that. That's a great point. I was thinking that too, that the coaches, they have a lot on their plate because some of these teams, you, you walk out playmakers and they just make plays, right? The yeah. wide receiver, he's going to get open or Aaron Rodgers is going to find somebody. Well, this one, it's about the game plan. It's week to week. How are they setting up protections this week with Nick Bosa going back and forth? Can Justin Fields, here's another thing we were talking about Justin Fields earlier, that what is his pre-snap reads, what are, what are they going to be like? Can he be one of those mm. quarterbacks that gets under center that knows what the defense is bringing already? We mm. saw a little bit in the preseason. He, he adjusted some protections, which I thought was impressive, but that was against kind of some simple defenses. I think today you're going to see him you know, try to confuse them a little bit more with some disguises of coverages and bringing guys from different places. But I'm hoping Justin Fields as well can help this offense by recognizing what the defense is going to do before the snap. And to me, that's what elite quarterbacks do. You watch Tom Brady, you watch Aaron Rodgers, you watch old Drew Drew Brees. They'd get under center, and they knew exactly what blitz was coming, what coverage was coming, exactly where they need to go. And we've had a lot of quarterbacks here in the last few years that have not been able to do that. And I want to see if Justin Fields can do that. And hopefully, to me, I don't know, Anthony, maybe I think that's just kind of ingrained in a player. Some players can do it, some can't. I think coaches can coach them as hard as they want. But some players are, you know, are great on the board, the grease board. But then you put them out there with live, live people in front of them, they don't, right. they don't get it. They don't see it the same way. I'm hoping Justin Fields can do that, and let's hope that Luke Getzey and and that offensive staff can help him do that. But I really think it's up to him. Is he one of those elite quarterbacks that can do that? And that would help this offense. That would help the playmakers um, if he if he can become that type of quarterback. And that'll speak to his understanding mm-hmm. of the system, yes. you know, and yes. and how often Luke Getzey can put him in situations. I think it's still important. We we saw the Buffalo Bills do this with Josh Allen, where in the initial seasons of Josh Allen's career, I mean, through two years, they were talking about it on, on Thursday night, but it, that was one of the comps that I, I was kind of using early, like whether it was late Mitch Trubisky or even through last season, the Josh Allen development arc is something that's that's very much still on the table for Justin Fields. You get through a difficult rookie season, you get even into year two, and maybe just because statistically you're not spectacular yet, there's some questions that, that linger. But part of that can be because you have a franchise that's not pushing everything onto your plate yet. And so I think even for Justin Fields, just the, the mental aspect of it, it'll be important for Luke Getzey to remember 
every snap doesn't have to be about him reading something from the pocket. Every snap doesn't have to be about him, you know, audibilizing, pre-snapping, getting us in the perfect situation. He's got to be capable of that on a consistent basis, but I don't have to call for him to do that every time. I can call movement of the launch point, get the pocket going with sprint action and boot action. Just tell him, you know what, this situation, you do not audible this play. We are leaving the huddle with one play in mind, and you go ahead and hand it off, and we're going to manage the game and play complimentary football. They'll need to manage, I believe, how much they're asking of Justin Fields mentally, where, where it's not 65 plays a game of him having to play chess against some of the some of the wisest and most experienced defensive minds in the world. Just allow that balance to play out for a guy who's still young in his development. I think that's going to be key. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, to tie the whole thing together, we've been talking about how do you feel? And I don't want to sound overly cynical, but the fact is, <laughs> I feel like a you, cynical question. Here coming. comes a cynical <laughs> question. When you have guys that are on the edge of the roster, when you have uh, 15 rookies that none of them are first round picks, when you have a team you put together with kind of try hard later round or undrafted guys, does that make the hits principle work better for the coaching staff? In other words, I would imagine as veterans, you'd be a little bit cynical yourselves if you kept hearing, you know, hustle, intensity, <laughs> takeaways, smart situational football. That might get to you after a while if you've been in the league a long time. But a lot of young guys are going to embrace it and take off and they're going to fly around. They're going to hit people. That's all wonderful. And I think that works maybe on defense. But we know offensive football is based on kind of – rhythm and timing and things that the hits principle doesn't necessarily address. So I guess that's my question. Is that a concern that this methodology of football could be a problem on one side of the ball? Uh, I, I definitely think it could be. I mean, I think offense now is, you know, runs the, runs the NFL and the rules uh, dictate that. So yes, you need playmakers over there, but um, yeah, I, I think that could be an issue, but I want to go back to what you were talking about real quick about the old guys and, and this philosophy and being cynical about it and the young guys buying in. When Lovey Smith got here, I know it's, we're going to probably talk about Lovey Smith a lot with Eberflus and, and mm-hmm. the hits principle and running the ball, but when Lovey Smith got here, he had everybody run to the ball in practice, the O-line and everybody. And there were some old guys. You'd hear them bitch and moan. They'd be like, what the heck? Why am I running to the ball? I'm an O-lineman. Well, what happened was he kept pre- preaching it and preaching it and preaching it, and then they went out on Sunday or we went out on Sunday and we saw the results. And once you start seeing results from that, all that preaching and the hits principle and, and whatever they're you know pushing on you, that's when the veterans started buying in. And sure, the young guys are buying in because they don't know any different. And they're just happy to be there. They're putting a, you know, an NFL jersey on, and they're going to buy into anything. But it will work once they see results. And I think that's going to be huge. If you can go out and get a couple turnovers this first week, everybody's going to buy into that. But to go back to the offensive thing, I, I, you're right. That's going to be difficult. That doesn't carry over as much to the offense unless you're getting turnovers and getting the ball you know, right. in, in good field right. position. So that makes it go that way. But, um, yeah, it's tough that way. I just think offense right now, it's about talent. It is really about talent and a good scheme, and the Bears are, are you know, soft, or soft in, in the talent department. It's worthy of concern, Mully. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely is because you want, you want the roster to be talented. At some point, you want to feel like you got a Super Bowl caliber roster, which none of us really think the Bears do at the moment. But part of why there's this shift in the in the experience level and in the talent level on the roster is because you want guys who can ingrain your culture. And it's going to be young, inexperienced guys, guys on prove it deals who can help you ingrain that. All right. Hey, Bear fans, we're introducing the new Zing Zang Bloody Mary canned cocktails. Lovely stuff. 
premium vodka already in the can. They're always ready, perfect for your game day tailgates. Please zing zang responsibly. I zing zanged earlier in the weekend, but I'm Ooh. totally clear now. Okay. I'm not doing it. At the See moment. you, Molly. Don't let that get out of control. <laughs> uh, we've got the great Ronnie Lott joining us next. If there was a guy. He is a personal hits principal. There's a guy that uh, had all of that stuff, an unbelievable player. We'll talk to Ronnie Lott about his San Francisco 49ers. And uh, the Hall of Famer joins us next. You're listening to the Bears pregame show, of course, brought to you by the fine folks at Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download that Bet Rivers app today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today. Oh, yes, indeed. We are here on the pregame show. It is delightful to be back talking Bears football. It's going to be. Uh, a different year. I don't know how much, how many wins they're going to have, guys. Um, I was out in Vegas with the show. We were at the beautiful 
Circa Resort and Casino and got a chance to uh, to meet different Vegas odds makers and inside guys. Now, I, I mean, I understand the point of Vegas is not to predict what happens in football games. Their, their <laughs> business is to balance the wagering on it. So they lay the odds based on what they think people will bet on either side. If, if everybody bets over, if everybody bets under, then they get the juice and they're laughing. So that's the whole point of, of what they do. Nonetheless, I was told repeatedly by a lot of these guys, and it really kind of it started becoming a, uh, a little bit of, a, of, of a, uh, a, a worm in my brain that the Bears over under – at the time, I think it was six and a half. It's it's hovered around there. It might be at six some places. They said go under no matter what. They called <laughs> the Bears one of the three worst teams in the NFL. I really don't believe that. And I tried to explain to them why that's different. But nonetheless, they just look purely talent level. They think about a second-year quarterback and the offensive line in front of him. And certainly the offensive line has been one of the big stories of this season, the Tevin Jenkins situation, what's going on there. I, I want to know if you guys feel that the Bears have been underrated at all or are they overrated? That would be hard to believe. And uh, <laughs> and let's talk Tevin Jenkins. Will he be playing today? Um, I, I've got him right at six six games, and that's, that's just from the talent level of this team. That's right. the way I see it. Um, if you take it strictly talent, I got six wins, but – I'm going to say it. We're probably going to talk. We're going to talk about it a lot. The hits principle. If they can start getting turnovers, if they can get takeaways, that's how you win games, and that's how you win games with less talent. I think last year they were tied 29th in turnover differential. I forgot what it was, but that led to, to to six wins. If they can increase that number and be in the top third in the NFL, that's going to make your offense better. Um, that's going to get you more wins. So I think if they can get takeaways, then that will help the. The, the lack of talent on this team, but if you're just going of talent, I've got a six-win team with just who they have out there offensively, defensively. It just that's that's who they are to me. That's fair, and to to know that there, there's going to be teams in kind of that that mid belly of of the NFL that are going to be right there on the margins week in and week out. And it feels like the Bears are, are likely going to be one of those teams where maybe you don't have the the level of playmaker that pushes you over the top, pushes the ball into the end zone with their amazing playmaking ability on a consistent basis. But, you know, you, you can be that team that executes at a high level, that is very disciplined, and that maybe has a, a system on each side of the ball uh, that, that gives you a chance to at least be competitive, to move the football, to stop people defensively and in the end. If you don't have personnel as far as wide receiver playmakers, if you don't have bodies up front on the defensive line and depth there that can really sustain a high level of play, then that, that's just going to create an issue for you too consistently throughout a long and even longer NFL season than we've come accustomed to in years past. But, you know, in that in 17 games, in that six, seven win kind of margin area, to me that makes sense because you're, you're going to be in, in a competitive game as a lot of NFL games are. You know, folks tend to go into these games where here's the defending Super Bowl champion against the team who finished in last place last season and they kind of assume it's going to be a blowout. It rarely is in the league, man. A lot of games are yeah. close and yep. competitive into the fourth quarter, and then you end up in a circumstance where the better team, the, the more disciplined team, the team that executes better, just has more playmakers. They're the one who pull it out in the fourth quarter more often than not, but so many games are won and lost in the margins around the league, and it feels like the Bears are going to be one of those squads that operates 
in the margins and, and probably will come out on the short end of that more consistently than not this year. Anthony, you made some good points there, and the one that I like is the discipline. And, Molly, you brought it up at the very beginning of the show was the pre-snap penalties that we saw all last year and a couple of years yeah. before that you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're starting on first and 15, second and whatever, you know, while the drive's going on. And this preseason, they've looked pretty darn good that way. They've had a lot of the motions, and they're, you know, they're moving around and – a lot of times you see teams moving that much, that's when you see uh, problems arise. But if they can play discipline and not hurt themselves with pre-snap penalties, like you said, these games are always come down to three or seven points down to the fourth quarter no matter who you are. That will help them a lot as well. And if they can play that way, if all the guys can you know, stay on side, the motions get them correct, that's going to be huge. And I, I just, I, I hope, hopefully they can do that this year. And that was the most damning thing about the previous regime, right? Where you saw some of these things with players getting ejected from the game. You saw some oh, of yeah. these moments yep. with the same pre-snap infractions, procedural issues, getting the play in late. All those things that you're just thinking, man, it's one thing if this is happening in year one. But after you get to a certain point where you've been in place, how do you continue to have that come up? And maybe very quickly here, Matt Eberflus might be in a situation where he's able to get that corrected. All right, we are uh, delighted to welcome in one of the, the maybe the best safety, maybe one of the best football players in NFL history. Amen. Ronnie Lott, a uh, 10-time Pro Bowler, four-time Super Bowl champion, a Hall of Famer, and he joins us now on the guest hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Ronnie, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I mean, you know, you get a chance to uh, watch a, a a game of football, and uh, for whatever reason, man, your life is a little bit better. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah, Roddy, Anthony Heron here. Really appreciate you joining us, man. Good talking to you. Um, and one of the things that we're experiencing here in Chicago that, that your 49ers are in the process of right now is having a young quarterback, and at least – for the Niners, they've got a coach in place who we've seen at the National Football League level, Kyle Shanahan groom young quarterbacks before and put systems in place that are very QB friendly. Jury's still out a little bit because of the newness we have here in Chicago, but what are your observations for how Shanahan has been able to, to have his offensive system suit quarterbacks of a variety of skill sets? Well, as you pointed out, I think one of the great things that he has uh, mastered from his dad is mastered the understanding of what it takes because when you think about the process of what it takes to be a quarterback there are so many things that you got to be prepared for that we don't even really understand and and the reason I say that is that I, I remember watching Joe Montana and looking at him trying to understand you know how does he get prepared for all the information that he has to have to play the game. And I remember before one of the games, I saw him just going through his playbook, just page after page after page after page. And as I was seeing that computer get to work, it made me realize that there are so many things that make that position so difficult that you really have to have somebody that understands the nuances of it. And Bill Walsh obviously did understand that. And then you think about what he was able to do. And the other piece that I think that Joe had that a lot of people don't really appreciate is there's there's got to be some toughness in you. I mean, the funny thing is that most of the people that we watch, there's got to be some toughness in you. And, and so when I 
look at Justin Fields and what he was able to do at Ohio State or this young man with the San Francisco 49ers, both of them, I think, have that little toughness that you need because you got to be able to play through pain. you got to be able to show your guys that you can lead. So I, I think that, that what, you, what you would like to see is guys who are tough, guys who belong, guys that know that they can lead, and then the last thing is, you gotta you, you gotta protect the rock. You gotta protect the ball, and you gotta be smart with that football. If you're smart with that football, trust me, people are gonna reward you because it's the play that you didn't have to make. Live for another play. Live for another play. One of the great things that I loved about watching any of the quarterbacks that that played with us. They live for another play because Bill would always say, hey, man, you can throw it away. It doesn't matter because the next play is going to be the most important play. Ronnie, Patrick Manley here. Uh, first off, i got to say thank you for making me a football fan. I grew up in Atlanta, and the Falcons were terrible, and I was a 49ers fan and loved watching you guys play and loved watching you play. But to talk about the quarterback play, the 49ers, I don't know if you call it a quarterback controversy with, with Trey Lance and Justin uh, and, and Garoppolo, what was it like for you when you played with Steve Young and Joe Montana on the same roster? You know, you had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. How did you guys deal with that? Were there different camps, you know, guys pulling for one or the other when all of that stuff was going on? First of all, I always find that it's kind of funny because everybody thinks that there was competition. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's no competition. That kid from uh, – that kid from from Pittsburgh, you know, I mean, Joe Joe's a tough kid. He's a tough kid. It was no competition. Everybody knew that Joe was the leader. Everybody knew that Joe was the person who had to make the thing go. And so there was no controversy. Now, of course, Bill, in his in his right, you know, way, said, "Hey, you know what? Maybe if I just create." something that allows people to believe that, you know what, I I think two guys can possibly play. Now, you know and I know, if you get somebody thinking that they have a shot or you get somebody that believes that, hey, I'm never going to let that guy on the field, there's even more at stake. And my point to you is that that, that was one of those Bill Walsh moments that he manufactured. And that's what Bill was great at. I mean, look, he, he loved the fact that you can have people like that compete. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you, if he didn't love it, then why did he trade Joe? And the only reason he traded Joe, because he knew that Joe was never going to let him win that spot. So he had to get him out the building. He had to get him out the building to, to, to allow him to play. And my point is, they tried to do that with Jimmy. They tried to do that with Jimmy, and and for whatever reason, they weren't able to get it done. But the point I'm making is that, okay, we'll see how it plays out. And what I think is going to happen is that both guys, because of the temperament of both guys, will complement each other and will find a way. And it'll be a little bit different than how Joe and Steve worked out. It'll be a lot different because, first of all, Shanahan is not the guy who was like Bill Walsh. 
much different. I think you're going to see a guy who's going to handle this a lot different, and it's going to be, a, I think, a complimentary situation. Uh, Ronnie, you know, whenever people talk about the toughest guys in football, your name always comes up because you famously – crushed a pinky, uh, the tip of your finger while you were making a tackle and you knew you weren't going to be able to play the next year if you had surgery, so you just snapped it off. Um, well, you didn't do it right like a piece of asparagus. but uh, <laughs> He bit it. I think he bit it off is what happened. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm, like, going, man, I'm like going, man, I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you, that, that is an extraordinary fact of your life. I'm just curious. When you when you look at that, does it remind you of that decision? Was it the right decision? It's not like a guy got a bad tattoo, right? <laughs> no, I'm going to say this. For every soldier that's out there, for every person that has fought for this country, you know, when you read about them, or better yet, you see Alex Smith and where Alex went to rehab himself, and then to hear – what Alex learned by being around that community. And my point to you is that it's, it's in the air every day. We see them every day. And the reason we see them every day is because there are so many people that are committed to the cause of keeping this country the way it is. And to me, that's when I look at this thing, man. I always say to myself, I know that my dad, who was in the service, who fought for this country would tell you that's that's what you're supposed to do, son. That's what you got to do. And, and and my point to you is that that's what we all do. You guys have done it. We've all had moments where we thought that there was no way, and we found a way. Absolutely fantastic talking to you, Ronnie. Thank you a ton, and uh, and congratulations on being a Hall of Famer on and off the field. All the work you do, very laudable. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks a lot. Anthony, man, have a great year, bro. Hey, appreciate you, Ronnie. Thanks a lot, man. All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. That Bye. is the great Ronnie Lott. Just the an goat. extraordinary. Man, I oh, mean, man. You know, you talk about I, – I, I'm, I'm with you, Patrick. I mean, you if you're not a football fan, you watch him play, go do yourself a favor. <laughs> right. YouTube and see those exactly. highlights. Good God. It, it may turn you away from the sport. Might be the issue, too, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't know yeah. if everybody's up for playing like Ronnie Lott. Yeah, you might want to pick up a tennis racket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is the pregame show here on The Score. Just being a pro. I mean, that's like our job is wherever they ask us to protect the quarterback, protect the quarterback. Or wherever they ask us to make a hole, make a hole in the run game. And um, he's just being a pro, and they asked him to move to guard, and that's what he did. It's the Bears pregame show presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download that Bet Rivers app today. That is uh, that is uh, Tevin Jenkins. We're listening to a comment about Tevin Jenkins. Uh, of course, the uh, the second round pick. They they a lot of assets put into getting Tevin Jenkins. He had to have back surgery before he made it to the field. He was reduced to third string at one point, lost his job and the offseason workouts, which doesn't make a ton of sense, missed a week of camp. They moved him to guard, and he started there, and he looked pretty damn good, to be brutally honest about it. And now here you are. The game is starting. Lucas Patrick, who was going to be the center, broke a thumb, has had one practice where he has uh, had the pads on, and uh, and now we're wondering – 
if it will be him at right guard because Sam Mustafer is going to start at center. Guys, when you pick the five best, that's the story. The old adage is always don't make two moves for one. Are you benching uh, a, a, a Tevin Jenkins who you might then bring back when Patrick moves to center? And, and the rarest of all bears, a, guys they actually, a guy they actually signed that they wanted in the, in the uh, offseason. I really think that Lucas Patrick being inserted into the, the game day dress lineup is the right move. You spent a lot of money on him. He's shown himself as a capable football player over the years. I do think it would be a mistake to start him, though. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've, had a, you've had a group in place. You figured out with the guys that were available most consistently, and Tevin Jenkins wasn't available at first, and then he became, in recent weeks, available consistently. And you put something cohesive in front of Justin Fields, guys who had kind of figured out the system, who've gotten reps in it together, and, you know – Sam Mustaford Center is obviously a hot-button topic around town. You brought Lucas Patrick in to replace him at center. You didn't bring Lucas Patrick in to replace Tevin Jenkins at guard. I think having Patrick available, if you're not completely comfortable that the whatever cast or brace still remains on his hand, that he can snap it competently with that, then you still got a quality NFL player who has also played guard in game action who you can insert if you do need that interior offensive line depth. So that makes sense. But you've got a starting unit that you seemed fairly sold on in closing out the preseason. And Tevin Jenkins, is, he is a talented football yes. player who has been injured a lot through two years here, Patrick. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting story, obviously, and it gave us something to talk about during the offseason. And, and I'm kind of proud of him, of, of how he handled yeah. it and how he's now become a starter and said, okay, I'll move into guard. <clears throat> and I'm also proud of – excuse me. Yeah, a little, little cough there. Um, <laughs> proud of how he's – you know, transitioned into that position from what two weeks ago in the preseason or three weeks ago in the preseason, the middle game to the last game of how much he's improved. You know, he's he's really looked more like a guard with his steps, um, with his technique and everything like that. And I'm I'm impressed with what he's done. Lucas Pat- Patrick right now should not be the center. Uh, Sam Mustafer has had a lot of snaps with Justin Fields, and that relationship is huge between quarterback and center. And I talked about it earlier of, of setting protections and things like that. Lucas Patrick should be on the game day roster. Yes, he should be the backup. But you put him in there if if they really struggle over there. If Tevin Jenkins really struggles, but I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think he will. I think what I what impressed me too is that's two big men, Larry Borum and 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 Jenkins over there on the right side. They're going to move a lot of people in the run game, and I yeah. think we're going to see a lot of you know rushing attempts. So I, I think that's the guy you play, and I'm looking forward to see him grow at that position. He might turn out to be a darn good NFL guard. You know that I, I hope he does. I really hope he does, and I think him and Larry Borum will be pretty good on the right side. And from a development perspective, you, you want to get a sense for what the yes. future of your offensive line is. You know, reviewing development and the future of the franchise through the Justin Fields lens, rightfully so. But you mentioned the draft capital expended to get Tevin Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Larry Borum has played a lot of football in a young career here too. You want to see whether or not those two on the right side of your offensive line, like Manley's talking about, can that be the future right side of your old line? What are you going to wait around and figure that out for? Go ahead and run with it. Hey, Bears fans, we're introducing the new Zing Zang Bloody Mary canned cocktails. Fantastic stuff. Premium vodka already in the can. I had one of the mango margaritas. That's fantastic. They're always ready so you can get to a tailgate and it's ready for you. Please zing zang responsibly. We're just getting going. It is, of course, the pregame. Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Bears. Download that Bet Rivers app. Stay tuned. We got so much more to break down in this game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.